Hello, 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 and welcome to episode six of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. I'm Richard Chittlebob. And I'm Nathaniel Barrett-Moore. How's the week been, Nathaniel? Up to, up to anything interesting? Well, I have to say, a little bit of a continuation of last week, Richard. Uh, right. I haven't had all of my taken taken up with the uh, vicious emails. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have had a few to deal with, don't get me wrong. Okay. Uh, but I am coming to the understanding that due to the simple fact that I'm sharing a broadcast with you, this is going to be a regular part of the job. I did warn you, to be fair. I, I, I told you that, you know, there, there, are, there are so many imbeciles in the world that, that simply won't listen to reason and sound logic that we would be snowed under with complaints from cretins. Well, I think one of the imbeciles and cretins in question is unfortunately yourself. Uh, right. Just to a large degree, because the, the amount of response that I'm getting it, it mm-hmm. is quite, uh, well, quite incredible. Uh, I know you warned me, but I, I didn't expect such a, a hostile and severe reaction. So is your sack bulging? <laughs> it is, it is, in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say that Mr. Cock uh, has replied. Oh, yes, 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 the, the, the fictional Mr. Cock. Well, if you allow me to finish, he, he has right. replied, and has requested I inform you on air of the details of his reply. Right. He that he is once again offended in the extreme, this mm. time by your disparaging remarks concerning his name. Mm. He has informed all of his family, and they too are suitably unimpressed. Mm. Please tell Richard Chittlebob to watch his back. Don't mess with the cocks. Watch his back! Watch, watch your back. Is that what he said? Watch his back. It sounds like these cocks are uh, hard nuts. <laughs> the, the, well, the, the cocks are out to get me by the sounds of it. They certainly are, Richard. I'll tell you what. I, 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 I don't know if I said it exactly this way last week, but I'm genuinely trembling. Yes. Genuinely trembling. Trembling what? thinking about a cock. There's <laughs> only connotations there. A bunch of... A bunch of cocks chasing me down the road. I'll be, I'll be too busy laughing. The, the same I'm not scared. Richard, I think you might be worthwhile to be scared, to be honest with you. What makes you say that? Well, if you've got the name Cock, you're going to take mm. some flack at school, aren't you? Uh, well, so, I suppose so, yeah, I guess. Kind of hard They're probably hardened to a lot of uh, ridicule. Uh, you don't want to mess with these cocks, Richard. I suppose, I suppose that's true. Um, but, uh, until I see them... Until that first fist finds my face, I, I feel that there's nothing to fear. Um, he's a fictional character. He doesn't exist. He's just written in using a comedy name just to get a mention on the podcast. He's pathetic. He's called Cock, and living up to his name, he, he, he really is a prick. Well, there you are, Mr. Cock. Um, this could be an ongoing saga. Um, maybe back June again next week for for more instalments. Mm. Anything else? Saga. Anything else? Yes, I do. Cock related? Nothing cock related. I want to um, take you away from the cock, right? And um, bring about a nice positive email, obviously, Richard, and to do with you. Oh, good. As you can imagine, I don't get many, uh, but I think you'll like this one. I'm interested to see the reaction. Lord only knows how and why they've listened to our broadcast, but the Chilean tourist board have clearly tuned in. And, oh, heard, wow. and have heard your humble statement of last week, mm-hmm. my intention to visit next year, mm. and they have offered us, yes, both of us, mm. the opportunity to stay for a week at the Hotel Gringo, slap bang in the middle of that fishing community, and maybe do an episode from there. 
it was suggested that we may like to do an interview with one of the Chilean fishermen. I would be, I would be genuinely delighted, Nathaniel. How about yourself? Well, I've got my reservations. I mean, can you imagine how the interview might go? Uh, you know, tell me, Mr. Christabel, how long have you been fishing here in Valdivia? Is that going to come across too well on, on our broadcast? Of, uh, irrespective of how the interview might pan out, how, how it might play out, I think it would be just delightful to, to, to visit. And, as you know, I, I'm very open-minded. Very open-minded, yeah. Um, so the chance to experience a new culture would, 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 would just be delightful. It's all free, board, food paid for, we've just got to find some cash for our own extravagances, so you're fantastic. Right. Right I, I think that would be absolutely fantastic, Nathaniel. If you, if you, can, if you can return the, the, the message and say a clear, ringing affirmative. We might have to share a room. Um, hmm. I suppose in the name of... of, of, of Building good relations with, with the Chilean people, I, I could be persuaded to, to 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 sleep in the same room as as, as your good self. You feeling okay, I'm, Nathaniel? You, you Nathaniel, you have me in all wrong as always. I am a positive being. I am always ready to engage with my fellow humans. I'm absolutely fine. If you say so. Well, long may this continue. Mm. So, yeah, that's about it. I mean, I've been uh, involved in another project. Uh, right. I've decided to try and go self-sufficient, Richard. W what does that mean? Well, I've got myself... You've seen The Good Life, haven't you? Oh, Felicity. Felicity, yeah. Yes, and, uh, yes, I remember that. But before we go down that seedy uh, avenue... Um, you know, I've ordered some solar panels. I've got okay. a vegetable patch. It's growing away like a good one. I've got my compost toilet. And I've even ordered a goat. I mean, I, the, the solar panels... I guess I can see that. Yeah. The, 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 the vegetables, perhaps. But a, a compost toilet... Indeed. I mean, does that, does that do precisely what it says on the tin? It turns your faecal matter into nutriment to, to feed your garden? Very succinctly put there, Richard. Yeah, you, you basically, you shit in a large bucket. And then you, so, use, you use that for your vegetable patch. So you're telling me that the next time I come to dinner at your house... Are you inviting yourself, are you? The next time I come to dinner at your house... Yes. The vegetables we eat will have, uh, have have drank deeply on the on the matter spattered out of your anus. Well, it's not quite as uh, as blunt as that. Obviously, you don't get this big bucket of shit and tip it all over your turnips. <laughs> you, you have to doctor it first. You add chemicals to it to take out all of the, the nasty things, and then it all breaks down, and then you can use it. So it's uh, you wouldn't be eating my shit, Richard. You've no worries there. I, w I wouldn't have thought that you would approve of the use of chemicals, Nathaniel. That's rather rather surprising. But when I say chemicals, I say herbal supplements. I just oh, use chemicals for your limited vocabulary. Oh, I see. Yeah. And what was what was the fourth thing that you said? You got the, the, the a goat. The, oh, the goat. Yeah. And what, what 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 
godly reason have you have you purchased a goat? Well, obviously, you know what purpose a goat serves, surely? Milk? Milk, of course, cheese, and it keeps the, the grass and the weeds down. Um, saves pulling lots of kind of expensive tools, hoes and rakes and things. You've got your goat will just munch away merrily. And have, uh, perchance have you gone down into your cellar and daubed a pentagram in blood? No, it hasn't crossed my mind to do that, no. Why would I want to be doing that? Well, there are clear satanic connotations with the goat. Maybe for you. Me, me and Alistair Crowley, I suspect that, that, that you've got dark designs for that, for that poor beast. I haven't at all, no. If those dark designs, you know, mean encouraging it to eat the long grass. Um, but I, I, I don't know what you're getting at here, Richard, but um, I'm not sure I like the suggestion. You'll be you'll be attempting to summon up the Dark Lord one 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 Sabbath, I suspect. I hadn't considered it, uh, but it'd be a new experience. I might give try. it a go. Give it a go. But if you let's, hope he, let's hope he swallows your whole. <laughs> if you're not munching on the grass, I'll blood sacrifice a little swine. Yes. Draw a pentagram. Slit the goat's throat. Let the let the let the warm blood wash over the cellar floor as you and your your perverted cohorts writhe evil hypnotic music playing in the background you make me sick Nathaniel well that's something to think over isn't it anyway <laughs> what have you been up to yourself this week um I've that, as I suggested they might last week, they, they did actually invite me back onto Soccer AM and for another went, appearance. You went back? As it turned out, um, I wasn't going to, and I initially turned it down. Uh, but then I received an email from Helen Chamberlain herself. Oh, yeah. Personally asking for me to attend. A carrot to the donkey, that Richard, isn't it? Well, it was it was hard to resist because for I, you know, still heavy in my in my mind and 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 warm in my nostrils was her heady, intoxicating musk. Um, now we ended up going for a, for a few drinks afterwards. Really, he- Helen and myself. Well, would I, you believe? I wouldn't believe actually. No, but mm. yeah, did you? Mmm. And how did that go? Well, let's just say that uh, your your assertions or your intimations, should I say, were were not too far wide of the mark, Nathaniel. What was I intimating last week, Richard? You, you remember. You what? remember. Why? You certainly do. When I'm you suggested that she might be. I remember you were admiring her musky pheromones. Oh. But other than that, wait, don't you, you suggested that she may be of the rather filthy ah, variety. Ah, be quite correct. Yes, I did. You remember? I do. Mm. Go on. She's getting, she's getting, I'll say no more. I don't kiss and tell, Nathaniel. Did you kiss and shag, though? I don't. I'm saying no more. You can't oh, I've tantalised you, Nathaniel, I can tell. You've not just tantalised me, you've tantalised the listeners. I've tantalised you and maybe even your your tiny, 
insignificant pecker has 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 awoken at the thought. No, it's still. I'll say no. I'll say no more. You remain dormant. And we've got to wait till next week for the outcome, have we? We'll see. Maybe we'll you see, see him again. But perhaps in my memoirs. Okay. Maybe twenty years down the line, when I when I when I look back at, uh, upon my life, maybe this maybe this this chapter will will will, will live large. Oh, you are a tease. Mm. I'm, I mean, an associated point, and maybe you wouldn't have guessed this from my from my I think reasonably jolly disposition today. Yes, I am happy enough. I'll be, I'm, so perhaps it will come as a surprise to you when I tell you that Yvonne has left me. No. She's gone. That's incredible. Do you know how long we, we've been married, Nathaniel? Uh, I don't, I've forgotten. You have to remind me. 30 years. 30 years, was it? Ah, oh, yes. 30 years. Almost, almost to the, to, to the day. What? That's shocking news, if I may say so. Richard, what's uh, brought about this decision? She packed her bags... And she marched out on Wednesday night. That's awful. She bellowed back into the house. These are her words. She said that I was an objectionable fucktard with the manners and consideration of a genital wart. Well, she's known that for the past 30 years. Why is she leaving you now? Good riddance, I say, Nathaniel. Good riddance. I'll fair play to you. There's no going back now. So you're no, not maudlin now. There's no going back. She's already begun divorce proceedings. Is she? And yesterday, get this. You, this is going to knock your socks off. Go on. Yesterday, I heard that she's moved in with one of the men who used to appear on Gladiator. Gladiators, not Gladiator the movie. Gladiators, the the, the god awful TV show from hosted by Ian Wright. I have vague recollections of it being rather shit. Yes. Rhino, I think he was called in the, in the in the TV show. Rhino, a squat, black-skinned creature, if memory serves correctly. Really, that's who she's that's who she's taken up with. Oh, Good riddance. I've gone down too well, then, huh? Oh, 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 savage. I'll be honest with you on on you know for the first couple of hours. I thought you said he was a savage. No, <laughs> I was savage. As she as she stormed off. It took me a, a good couple of hours to get over it. Good couple of hours. Mm. That, that's, how, that's how difficult and traumatic it was. Talk about it, yeah. Um, so uh, a bit of a bolt from the blues, you can imagine. But it has opened, obviously, new opportunities for you with maybe with Miss Chamberlain. Well, and this, you see, this is the thing. I was surprised that you didn't take me up on this. To be honest, I, I, I imagined when I told you about um, about Helen that you would question me with regards to my uh, fidelity? Uh, no, no, because uh, my recollections of last week were that you, you, you hadn't arranged a date or mm. you, you hadn't started any kind of relationship, but uh, no. are you telling me that you had? Oh, no, I'm, I'm saying no more, nothing. You can't prize any more information out of me, no matter how hard you try. Your lips are sealed. My lips are I'll say no more. Okay. Um, and what's it like in them, please? Now, Dale Winton... Ah, Dale, yes. ...finally stopped harassing me. Thank the Lord! 
Well, now Miss Chamberlain's a threat, isn't she? Sorry, well, I'll continue again. It wasn't through choice on his part, Nathaniel, I'm afraid. I was forced to seek legal action and a sympathetic judge imposed a restraining order on Mr. Winton. And that worked, did it? Well, it has so far. Um, the conditions of the of the restraining order. He's now no longer able to communicate with me in any way, be that verbal, written, electronic. He can't come within 200 yards of me. And if he happens to see me on the street, he must cover his eyes with his hands and race off in the opposite direction at great speed. Well, you might want to be careful, Richard, because uh, the law, as I understand it, uh, you can't actually place restraining orders on homosexuals. Well, the judge did, and he certainly knew about uh, Dale Winton's deviancy. Well, I'm just warning, he may well be within his right to, to come chasing you down the street trying to feed your ass. Well, I, I, the judge seemed pretty clued up, I'll be honest with you. He had a, he had a red smock on and, and, a, and a wig. You know, he, he looked the part. Yeah. Um, so I imagine he, surely he's, he knows the law. So that's come as a blessed relief. Well, I have no doubt that about that. Uh, it's, it's held. Now, one more thing that I need to mention to you. Um, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, you, you went to, I believe what you described was a, a, a thrash metal gig. Yes, that's right, that is indeed, yes. Is that right? That's right. A band called Slayer. Slayer, that's, yes, I think that's what they were called, yeah. Now, that stuck with me, Nathaniel. Really? It stuck with me. The name of the band stuck with me. Okay. And you, well, your description, your evocative description of how abhorrent and appalling it was. Indeed. And, and, and so this week, I, I've obviously awash with ang anger initially um, over the Yvonne situation. I decided to check some of this stuff out because it seems, you know, maybe when I was in a rage could, could, could be a good time to listen to it. Okay. Um... Hateful. Hateful stuff. Isn't it just? Let me give you some track titles, Nathaniel. I don't know if you know about this. No, nah, of course not. I listened to an album entitled Rain in Blood. What a ridiculous title. Eh? That says it all, doesn't it? Track titles. Angel of Death. Do you know what that's about? Well... I guess it's about something not very pleasant. It's about, it appears to be a celebration of the life and work of Joseph Mengele, the Nazi medical experimentation scientist. Is that real? That's exactly what it's about. Is that legal? Do you think? Well, I think you're asking the same question, actually. I, I, did, did I not use that very phrase, Nathaniel? Yeah. Is this legal? Another track title, Altar of Sacrifice, about, well, I don't really know, an altar of sacrifice, I suspect. Um, Jesus Saves. I like that more for a line. But, the, but this, is, this is not, that's not meant to be taken literally, Nathaniel. This is lambasting good Christian folk as if they are demented in the head. You really look into this, haven't you? I, once I started reading Nathaniel, I was so, I was so appalled. You know, it's just like, just like four or five years ago when, 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 when somebody gave me a, a pornographic magazine for the first time. Oh, yes. I was so disgusted, I just couldn't help but look at it. Yeah. Similar, similar kind of thing here. Um, 
And I've, I've, I've began to petition MPs in the Houses of Parliament to get this vile filth banned outright. Good for you. I hope you'll support me. Of course I will. I'm right behind you. Should we move on? Let's move on. Okay, it's time to bring you all up to speed with all things movie and Hollywood. And yet another vintage TV show looks to set, set to get a big screen airing. This time The Man From Uncle. With Steven Soderbergh behind the lens, this could go either way. As his output is variable to say the least. Has anyone actually seen Ocean's 13? Oh good, Seth Rogen's writing another comedy. This one's called Neighbourhood Watch. And as if that news weren't bad enough, it looks likely to star Will Fort a Saturday Night Live stalwart who turned up in the utterly appalling MacGruber. God spare us, for we are weak and fallible creatures. Depressingly, Quentin Tarantino has a spaghetti western homage in the pipelines, entitled Django Unchained. Kevin Costner was rumoured to be on board, but as of this week, appears to have dropped out of contention. Be thankful for small mercies, people. After the great success of last year's 127 Hours and the more recent spectacular that was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, seems James Franco fancies turning his hand to directing and likes the cut of Child of God's Jib, which is based on a novel by Cormac the Road McCarthy. The actor stepping behind the camera is fraught with historical failure. This guy seems so good at the moment, frankly, We'd watch anything he gets involved in. Check it out. Right, time to get our teeth stuck into a movie that's on current release, and this week it's A Lonely Place to Die. The plot. A group of five mountaineers are hiking and climbing in the Scottish Highlands when they discover a young girl buried in a small chamber in the wilderness. They become caught up in a terrifying game of cat and mouse with the kidnappers as they try to get the girl and themselves to safety. Have you seen it, Richard? Uh, yes, I have. What did you think? Um, I'm going to tell you the truth, Nathaniel. I'm, I'm not going to cooperate with you on this one. Why so? Because all you're trying to do, this is your choice to go and see this film, and all you're trying to do is to get me in trouble again with the Scots. Well, you don't need my help on that score. You do that well enough yourself. But you selected this for that deliberate purpose, and I'm simply not going to cooperate. Well, if that's your belief, then that's your belief. I don't want to change your mind. Well, actually, I do want to change your mind, but I know what a bloody hopeless task that would be. Listen up. If this was America, I could prosecute you for suspicion of entrapment. For suggesting that you go and see a movie? No, no. For trying to use my thoughts and my opinions against me in such a way that I inadvertently offend an entire nation because of your choice, your deliberate action. I believe this is the part of the broadcast listeners where we're meant to discuss a current movie. So get on with it. Okay, do you want me to start? You, you talk. Right, I'll talk. You, you, you spout hot air. Take some deep... You're gaping more. Yourself down, you crass idiot. Right, the film. Um, I thought it was guff, Richard. I thought it was absolute guff. Mm. Um, it started off promisingly enough. Uh, there were some impressive shots of the Scottish scenery that really kind of captured the bleak and foreboding terrain. Um, and to be honest, the film was fine until the actors appeared. Um, there were very wooden, puppet-like performances that lacked any kind of charisma or talent. 
You know, so they've all fallen off the cliff within half an hour, nobody had a cared. Mm. And the storyline, uh, something of a dead horse, uh, kidnap and ransom, ooh, how original. Um, I thought the du- director showed a shocking lack of professionalism. Um, the stunt doubles uh, were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, one of the ones where the, the ladies abseiling down the cliff, uh, if they'd have used a cow, it made them look more, more, <laughs> more lifelike. Um, the peculiar notion about this film, Richard, is that as gruffy as it was, if that's a word, um, it kept me watching. Uh, mm. just, there was just enough entertainment uh, to see to see me to the end. Uh, there's something strangely watchable about it, even after all I've said about it. So, there's my opinion. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Amen. Like, give us this. Give us this day thy daily bread. You, you, you've got to jump in, Nathaniel. I'm going to say the whole thing otherwise. You don't even know the bloody Lord's Prayer, man. It's been a while since I've said it, I'll be honest with you. Too long, boy, isn't it? I, <laughs> I, I, I tend to indulge in, in bespoke prayers. Oh, fair enough. Personalised. Talking songs, yeah. <laughs> Personalised. I don't, I don't use the, the prayers of the great unwashed. Is I've got my own my own prayers on a private it's the cycle a private you'll never hear them Nathaniel did you hear the question no I didn't no I didn't say it again is there a reason for this recital of the Lord's Prayer well your you know you, your love of Gandhi you should you should recognise not a, a non-violent protest when you, when you hear one a protest is it what are you protesting about? Your choice of film! I've oh, told you! Oh, your choice of film! Uh, I apologise. I shall try and um, reinvent my recommendations in future weeks. I'm sorry I offended you, offended you so severely. Uh, listen, I, I, I will attempt to contribute now. I, I, I think I've been um, rambunctious enough. Yes, indeed. Listen, I like to support British cinema Absolutely. as best I can. Mm? Because, like with most things, we tend to be better than anybody else at it. But this was inexcusably bad. So you didn't enjoy it then? It was, it was, it was rubbish, Nathaniel. Yeah. It was rubbish. Um, I mean, the landscape, it's beautiful and dramatic and evocative. But the movie had absolutely nothing else going for it. You said it all, really, Nathaniel. The, 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 the shocking acting, the wooden acting. I mean, Ed Spielers, the guy that plays, plays the lead male role, mm-hmm. Ed. Now, I suspect that when that, that script was originally written, that character wasn't called Ed. But they had to change it, because this Ed Spielers character is he, so stupid, he can't remember two names at the same time. Well, he was the first one to die, and it was uh, quite a good uh, consequence, shall we say. It, it was so unconvincing as a whole, it bordered on the amateurish. We're in agreement. The Stabridge Amateur Dramatics Company put on a version of Hello, Dolly! last year. And believe me, the performances were, were far better than this, this hogwash. Tend to agree with you, Richard. Are you going to uh, mark it out of ten at all? I'm not done yet. Oh, I apologise. I have a tendency to do this. I'm sorry. I'm not done yet, Nathaniel. You're, you're the one wanting me to talk. I am. And I'm I talking. Am. You're trying to cut me off. Please continue. 
Melissa George in the lead role. She's so beautiful, Nathaniel. The the only the only high point in this film was Melissa George. I hope Helen's not watching. She's so beautiful. Well, Helen won't be watching, will she? Because it's the podcast. Let's get, let's, let's get some facts straight, Nathaniel. Nobody's watching this. People listen to this. You've got no idea what this is, have you, really? It was a slip of the tongue. You sit, you sit in your room with your microphone and you talk. Your bilge. You've got absolutely no idea what's going on. Really? Watching. You, do, do you think this is going out on BBC One? I should be lashed to a chair. You certainly should. Melissa George, she's so beautiful. Oh, oh! You over that now? I could, I could have watched, her, I could have watched the film for hours if she'd have been just her walking around the Scottish Highlands. I didn't find her so striking, I have to say. Oh, but we all know, we all know about your taste, don't we, Nathaniel? We don't need to, we don't need to go down that, that street again, do we? It's not just the, the attraction of the anus that appeals. You know, I do like a nice vagina as well. Do you? I do. When was the last time you, you, you sampled one? Last week. Really? Yes. And and what did you do? None of your bloody business. Oh, OK. How old was this, uh, this vagina? Uh, Helen Chamberlain. You want to tell us any more? Don't be ridiculous. Then shut your face. OK. Uh, <laughs> I've got a question for you. Go on. Why would the mountaineers have gone to so much trouble to help that young girl? She's only Serbian. Well, let me think about that for a moment. Let's just say, come on, Nathaniel, be delicate. Most of the people, may come as a surprise, but most of the people have some sense of compassion. Right. And um, they will show this compassion towards humanity and, and some, to such a degree that they will even help their fellow person even if from a different country. Right. And I know it's a bizarre concept to you but I just want to put that out there, put it in your, in your mind that that kind of scenario can happen. I don't approve but I, but I know that you're right. Okay. Well, at least Rating? What would you give it, Nathaniel? I'll give it 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10? Ooh, we're not far off here this week, Nathaniel. Three out of ten for me. Okay, then, people, this is the part of the podcast where we delve back into the archives, and this time we're diving back four years to 2007, where me and Nathaniel have watched The Mist. The plot. A small town in Maine suffers a severe thunderstorm with trees blown down and general chaos wrought. The following day, the locals are packing the supermarket, panic buying and picking up supplies to clear up the weather-borne detritus when a mist rolls into town from the nearby hills, with one man racing into the supermarket, blood dripping from his, from his face, claiming that there is something in the mist. The natives are sceptical, right up to the point when tentacles emerge, and snatch one of their own from under their noses. The place is locked down, with stocks piled up against the glass front of the building, but within, a new threat emerges, 
as factions begin to form. One supporting a fundamentalist Christian local, the other behind David Drayton, the hero of the peace. What do we reckon, Nathaniel? Well, I'm going to steal one of your quotes, Richard, if I may. Mm. Rubbish. 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 Ooh. Low budget, plastic, miserable. Rubbish. Ooh. Uh, the mist. Can we start with the mist itself? Okay. I mean, you'd have thought that the props guys would have gotten something other than a bloody dry ice machine to make this stuff. You know, right. a murky green tint, something vaguely sinister. Mm. You know, to, to do that was just amateurish. So your objection to the mist is that it's the wrong colour? My objection to the mist is that it was absolutely unforeboding. Ah. It looked like an invite for children to go and play in. Okay, it yeah. About it at all. Mm. Uh, and the monsters? Were they selected from Toys R Us? Mm. I mean, the one that emerged from underneath the shutter door. It looked like something I used to play with at primary school. You know, not <laughs> um, and then in the supermarket, you've got the, the brow-beating Christian. Mm-hmm. She's so extreme that she can't be taken seriously. Um, y- you know, y- y- you get the impression that she's just there as some kind of thea- theatrical act. What, you think she's just, just there to increase the runtime? Is that what you're saying? Uh, filler, I think you can describe it. Filler. Yeah, right. she's, uh, she played no worthwhile part. She was so extreme that she couldn't be taken seriously. Um, she's just a total joke figure. Right. Uh, and then, of course, there's the infamous ending, which and I would love to ruin it, just to, um, to prevent the listeners from... Oh, you can't do that, Nathaniel. I can't. I, I'll, Please I, don't. I won't. Out of the mode of professionalism, for mm. once, I'll, I'll resist that temptation. Good, good. Um, but that's no message for anybody to see. So you didn't like it? I didn't like it at all. Keep oh. your thoughts, Richard. Well, I've got to tell you that um, any film which features tentacles is generally okay by me. So I warmed to it initially. I do like a nice tentacle. Yes. I've got to say. Um, yeah, I remember Independence Day, the Will Smith big budget actioner from, from, from the mid-90s. Critically panned. People hated it. But I've got to say, I liked it just because of the tentacles. So I'm easily pleased in that regard. Really? <laughs> it's not really a monster movie, though, Nathaniel. He was using to be painting it as a little bit. I, no, you're, you're putting words in my mouth again. No, I didn't say that at all, did I? It seemed like you focused on the poor it special like effects. It. It, it seemed like it, but I didn't. But anyway, you make your point. Well, you focused on the on the on the on the you know what you perceived to be poor special effects. But this, this isn't a monster movie. This is this is a movie more about the the, the instinct for survival. Fair comment. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'll go with that. So to you know, so to to make a big deal out of the fact that the effects were pretty ropey, I suppose I'd find a bit harsh. But that's obviously what you feel. Well, there's, there's no opinion about it. They were ropey. I mean, the, the director Frank Darabont, who of course has quite a fondness for Stephen King adaptations. This is, this is obviously based on a, on a on a novella by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Darabont has quite a, a fondness for his works, having previously adapted The Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, you know, considered to be one of the top five best movies of all time by, by many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and also The Green Mile with, with, with that insufferable worm, Tom Hanks. Um... Clearly likes the material, tends to be able to elevate 
the material to, to a higher plane, I would suggest. Well, I don't think he elevated it very highly at all. Mm. Now, you mentioned that, that uh, Mrs. Carmody's character, the, the, the evangelical Christian. Right. And, uh, of course, the, the central hero is, is meant to be Drayton, the, the kind of square-jawed, muscular artist. Um, yes. But I, think, I, I found it to be something of an anti-hero. The true hero was clearly Mrs. Carmody. Yeah, that's an interesting take you've got there. Um, are you going to explain that a little bit more? All she wanted was for as many people as possible to survive. Well, it just shows the state of humanity, doesn't it? If, uh, if that's meant to paint a picture of reality, that people got behind that comic joke-like figure. Mrs. Carmody plans to appease God by making human sacrifices, which is fair enough under the circumstances. Pick the weakest and feed them to the beast. Wasn't there a scene where she demanded the, uh, the sacrifice of the young child? The weakest. You'd go along with that, would you? Of course I would. Under those circumstances, you think about it, it's sensible. Sensible? It's, of course it's sensible. You've, you've got a beast at the door, shrouded in mist, and... Uh, uh, an undefeatable enemy, if you feed it small children, the infirm, the old, if that appeases it, keeps it away from the, from the, from the feet, from the healthy, from those that can breed and procreate and continue the species, what's wrong with that? Well, I feel obliged to speak for the majority again, Richard, and uh, I would suggest in, in such scenarios, the uh, main course of action and uh, for the men would be protect the women and the children. You protect the women, you feed the children to the creature, not feed the children snacks or anything. You feed the, feed the children to the creatures. Yeah, it's a particularly evil viewpoint you've got there, Richard. Protect the women, I totally agree with that. So it's not entirely evil. At worst, I'm partially evil, Nathaniel. Because they can spawn more food for the monsters, is that it? Precise, precisely that. There we go. You've got a production line. Perhaps you could train the monsters somehow to know that they can only come once every, once a month or something and feast because you have a conveyor belt system, a production line of women spitting out food for them to eat. You seem to have quite a high opinion of the monsters. You seem quite um, affectionate towards them, almost. Approving of them. Well, think about this, Nathaniel. Who are they feeding on? Well, in your world, they're feeding on the children. American children. Ah, right, OK. What about if they were British? Well, then, uh, that'd be totally different, wouldn't it? I mean, we'd, 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 obviously, we'd have, to, um, we'd have to, to find a way to defeat them that didn't involve feeding our citizens to them, because that would be quite wrong. You'd have some kind of screening involved, would you? Some kind of... What do you mean, screening? What are you talking about? They're not mosquitoes. To distinguish the, uh, the Yanks from the Brits. We just get them to talk! They're children, man. 
get them to get them to try and try and get them to do some maths. Get them to gurgle in American, is that it? Get them to do some maths. The ones that can add up. Well, they've got such a logical uh, response, so I can't argue. I'll tell you something else. Um, Stephen King clearly in league with Satan himself, and he must be stopped. I urge all listeners never go to see a movie based on a Stephen King story. Certainly never purchase a book written by the man. He is evil personified. Well, contained within your uh, your vile opinion, Richard, uh, occasionally uh, you have a, a grain of sense. And uh, I do find myself uh, somewhat agreeing, actually. Oh. Uh, I mean, he's some... Don't swear, Daniel. But he's some dark fellow that we're talking about, isn't he? He's clearly in league with Lucifer. He's sold his soul to the devil. How else do you explain that... And, uh, an author whose, whose style and quality of novels is so poor can sell so many copies. Millions and millions of books this man sold. There can, there can be only one explanation. This is a pact with the devil. Well, I'm not sure where his, his thoughts and his uh, creativity comes from. But uh, Satan! It's a pretty dark place. <laughs> Satan himself. It is Satan. That is Satan himself. Now then, there were no attractive women in this movie. Did you notice that, Nathaniel? I didn't notice that. That was, that was very disappointing, I thought. I, I did, I, I've got a bit of an eye for the ladies since Wednesday. Right. And that not one, not one of these. I wouldn't. Put it that way. I wouldn't. Would you? I wouldn't do what? You make your own mind up. Stick your little, insignificant little pecker anywhere near them. Anywhere near what? Anywhere near them. Them. Who's them? The women. Oh, women. The ugly women in this movie. Well, I've just, I've just revealed to you that I had uh, some kind of relations a week ago. Yeah, but not, not with one of the women. Out of, not, surely, what a coincidence it would be if the person that you had sexual liaisons with happened to be one of the stars of The Mist. Well, she wasn't. Exactly. So what are you talking about? There are other women in the world, Richard. <sighs> of course there are other women in the world, Nathaniel. That wasn't the point I was making. I thought it was. You, you bloody listen, will you? <laughs> bloody listen. The ending to this film is totally predictable. I guessed what was going to happen within ten minutes of this film starting. I even guessed before the mist rolled into town. It was it was pathetic. You're talking absolute balls, little Bob. How can you possibly predict that ending? Well, I predicted it, Nathaniel. Unless you think I'm a liar. I do think you're a liar. Is it very easy to say? Prove it. Well, how on earth, how on earth can I prove it? Exactly, you can't. What a nonsense statement. I can't prove that. You either take my word for it or, or, or you don't. If you don't, Nathaniel, frankly, well, you can just piss off. You're talking absolute chat. 
I knew it was a going to end ten minutes in. I guessed the whole thing. Are you done? I'm done. What do you, what do you give it, Nathaniel? Nostradamus shit or Uh Three out of ten, I'll give it. Oh, it wasn't great. I, I must, I must admit that much. But I'm going to give it five out of ten. Okay, folks. On the agenda today for our current news slot is the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, with a particular mention for the CCTV footage uploaded to YouTube showing Mike Tyndall, an England player, on a night out with some of his teammates. Not much else to tell, really. It's the World Cup and it's rugby, and I'm sure you're all aware of both of those things. Have you been keeping tabs on it, Richard? Well, I have. Just, you know, in the newspapers. Um, I haven't actually spoken to anybody involved, either directly or indirectly. Um, Is it a storm in a teacup, Nathaniel, or is this genuine cause for concern, do you think? It's certainly not cause for concern. It's uh, the, the very notion that this uh, incident has made news is mm. very, very revealing. Um, I mean, it's been labelled a scandal, I believe. I mean, what an absolute joke. Isn't it just a sign of the times that we've got CCTV on every corner of the freaking world monitoring our every move? And who wants to watch a man drinking outside of a bar? Could it be more banal? Ridiculous. It is public interest, Nathaniel. Surely the the public have a right to know every last thing about their favourite sportsmen and women. Surely you must agree with that. I completely disagree with that. They have no right to know what uh, this man wants to do in his private time. So he he may well have uh, cheated on his royal wife. And so what? It's none of our bloody business. I think the point is that he's a person in the the public spotlight, particularly now, um, during the World Cup, during the, the you know the peak of that particular sports uh, calendar, so how can it be anything other than public interest? Because it's his private life. That's why it's called private life. It's private. If he wants to stick his well-muscled todger into a passing beast, he could, should be allowed to do so. But he's married. He's married, and not only that, he's married to. A royal. He is. You make oh. like the mitigating circumstances because he's married to a royal wife. He's got what? Well, if anything, Nathaniel, Tindall should be prosecuted for treason. Well, what about if the uh, young lady he was associating with was particularly good-looking? Oh. Let's face it, Zara Phillips looks like something of a horse. She, she, I mean, she may have... Got a touch of the equine about it. She may have a touch of the equine, Nathaniel. That is certainly possible. But he chose to marry her. She hasn't... You know, she, did, she, didn't, she didn't look beautiful and radiant when she was younger. She's always looked like Trigger. Well, perhaps he's got fed up a shag in the bloody horse. So he should do the decent thing. Rip the family home apart. Divorce her, even though that's against the, the, the code of the Lord. If that's really what he wants, then that's, that, that would be the more noble option. And then he could do whatever the hell he wants with his, with his muscle todger, as you put it. Well, let, let, let's put our, ourselves in the shoes of Mike Tyndall for a moment, shall we? Mm. He's immigrated to New Zealand. Mm-hmm. He's in a, 
you know, having the time of his life, playing in the World Cup, playing the sport he loves, presumably. Oh, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? You'd have thought so, you'd hope so. Uh, when is he going to get the chance to go back to New Zealand? He's going to uh, experience his, that experience to the full, isn't he? So you're saying, because he's only there once, he can shag who he wants? Yes. Is that your, is that your position? That's that your considered moral position? That's considered moral position. <sighs> Free love. I don't understand. I, it's been a few weeks since I've prayed for you, Nathaniel, but I'm, I think I might start again. Let Tyndall spread his seed all over the Antipodes. I've got no interest in, in, in seeing Tyndall's seed spread anywhere, quite frankly. Um, but I do think this is a public interest story. Now, I love rugby, Nathaniel. I've got to tell you, I love rugby. <laughs> the real sport... Played by men who look like men, not the not the not the Namby Pamby Jessica Fletchers who infest the football fields around the world. Is a real man. True, they're certainly rugged creatures. I love both codes of rugby as well as it happens. Which are and I've stood. I beg your pardon. Which are a league and union. Well done. Um, and I've studied the rules closely to discern the difference. Have you really? I have. Had a lot of time on your hands, then. It? Not really. It didn't take long, to, to be honest. They're very complex. Oh, not the ones, not the ones that I read. What, they both use a ball. Well, from what I could glean, the only noticeable difference is that the ball is a slightly different shape. Oh, is that the the one for this week? What do you mean? Well, you know, you made your uh, enraging. Inaccurate comments in past weeks about deserts in Africa and oxygen on the moon. I know um, well, I remember the statements, but there's nothing inaccurate about them. Well, all the listeners know. I, I, I don't need to emphasise the point. Uh, so you're suggesting now that rugby league and rugby union use different shape balls? Is that correct? <laughs> From what I could gather, and I and I studied some footage as well. I've watched at least half you're an hour of each. Shit, shit, I'm up. I've, I've watched at least half an hour of each. The only difference between them is that the ball is a different shape. Do you wear different glasses when you're watching the different games? <laughs> I, met, I, I don't know if you know this, actually. I met Martin Johnson once. Did you? I did. Now, I, I, tr I, I tried to shake his hand. Ah. But I was only able to wrap my grip around his bottom two fingers. He's a large unit, isn't he? He is. <laughs> he is a man mountain. He should star in horror films, actually. He, you, you know what? He'd be a perfect Frankenstein. He would, wouldn't he? He is monstrous. I, I think he could be the largest person I've ever met. In, you know, I've ever seen in the flesh. Yeah. He's certainly a, a big old boy. Oh. Have you got when Johnson speaks, only Wales and Isaac Hayes can actually understand what he's saying. He rumbles through his diaphragm. So how did you uh, respond to his, his rumbling? Oh, well, I just nodded obsequiously and scuttled oh, off as quickly as I could. I'll be honest with you, I've, I've got no shame about it. He, he scared the life out of me. Yeah. He's not from Chile, is he? he, he I don't know. I, I didn't stick around long enough to find out. Um, I, I don't know what you think about this, Nathaniel, but rugby, in my opinion, should replace football as the national sport. It would certainly toughen up the youngsters, that's, that's for sure. 
No, I'm not having uh, not having any of that. I know what you're saying. Rugby has got a lot of merits. There's a lot of honesty, integrity in that game that uh, football players sadly don't display. But to, to go to such lengths as the replacing it as a national sport, no, never. I remember playing rugby in the middle of winter with no shirt on. Right. Didn't do me any harm. Well, if that's what's made you the man today, then it probably did you some harm. My, my PE teacher was a, was a man called Mr. Martin. Um, and I remember one, one bitterly cold February morning... I, I, I trotted out onto the field with my with my regulation red shorts on, and poking out of the bottom of the shorts was something that was fashionable at the time, which was which was boxer shorts. Yes. So my, you had the red sport shorts, but you could see the the rim of the white polka dotted boxer shorts. Okay. Mr. Martin went absolutely crazy. Why? He was furious because he could see the shorts. He he hated because he just he hated any anything to do with fashion. He was he was, he was very much anti-fashion, which at the time I didn't appreciate, but I've, I've, I've come around to his way of thinking. In all honesty, he wasn't one of these CDPE teachers, was he? Who just wanted to see young boys in shorts and shorts only? Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. Oh, I'll and I'm getting to that. You've kind of you've kind of stolen my thunder, but. I, he, he, he sent me off, he told me that, that I had to go and remove the boxer shorts and, and just kind of go, I think they call it nowadays, going commando. Commando, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, that term didn't exist when I was at school, but I think that's what the young kids are calling it these days. Of course, I went to the changing room, um, started to remove my, my undergarments, and who, sh who should walk in but, but Mr. Martin... Yes. It was very frightening, Nathaniel. It was very frightening. In what way? Well, you, you were just doing as you were told. But he was watching me. How was he watching you? He was staring straight at me, Nathaniel, as I was about to take my shorts off. Perhaps he was getting... And reveal my little little boy's winky. Perhaps he was getting impatient, because uh, there was a game waiting... He, he, he didn't look impatient. He, he certainly looked like he had, had some kind of emotion coursing through him, but he wasn't impatient. Oh, you think he wanted to uh, have a relationship with you? He wanted to see me. And he did? He didn't. Oh, he didn't? I refused. Oh, what did you do? I just, I, I plain refused. I told him that I wouldn't take my shorts off. Yeah. Unless he left, left the room. Excellent. And what he happened then? Well, he went purple in the face. He did? And then stormed off. Never spoke to me again the, the rest of my of my school career. Well, that was uh, a remarkable uh, display of courage, if I might say oh, so. Thank you. To stand up to a, a teacher at such a, a tender young age. Oh, it's quite, uh, a, a, quite, a, quite a story to present to the listeners. As you know, I, I do believe in authority. Yes. And so, in some ways, I feel that I should have yielded. And yet somehow, even at the at the age of 13, I knew that it was wrong, Nathaniel. I knew that it was wrong. I knew well, that it was wrong. It clearly, clearly was wrong. It clearly was wrong, and you, and you were uh, very insightful to recognise that at such an early age. So you're he, to be applauded. He was 
the very definition of a pervert, in my opinion. Now, you know, reflecting back on it now, and and the more I think about it, the more dismayed that I became as the years went on. You know, you know, perhaps that's where my vague sense of of homophobia sometimes sometimes stems from. Well, it's not exactly vague, but. Nathaniel, Nathaniel, what, why, why are you mocking me? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to share here. I, I understand that. I, I, I'm not trying to mock you. I'm just uh, pointing out that um, your sense of homophobia isn't actually vague. It's just not the correct term you've used. But forgive me. Carry on. So perhaps, perhaps if I could understand those feelings a little more, a little more deeply, perhaps. One day, Nathaniel, I could be just like you. Well, let's hope that day comes to fruition. I suggest you go and watch uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly or uh, Dirty Harry and reinvestigate those feelings, Richard. Nathaniel? Yes? I think I love you. That's very sweet. And that's all from Passive Aggressive Film Reviews this week. We'll be back next week when we'll be catching something on current release, delving into the archives, and no doubt sticking our noses into something topical. Goodbye. Ciao.